Welcome to Iridescent Flesh. This is an art cast about art podcasts about it. This is a podcast about art, specifically the aesthetic of alterity, the weird, the bizarre, the outrer, and the general iridescence of life, I guess. The iridescence of flesh, of matter, of the material world. The glowing edges, the tail, what's it called? The tail of the, um, um, the peacock's tail in alchemy. According to McKenna, if you never get a reference I make, just go listen to Terence McKenna talks <laughs> and you'll get like a, a very, very small fraction. Uh, yes. So how this is going to go is that I'm going to present, I'm going to bookend the podcast with pieces of art. Yes, two auditorially accessible, maybe a video once in a while. There'll be videos in the future. But yes, I'll present you some kind of art and some kind of, I'll present some art in the beginning and in the end. Usually, actually, usually isn't quite appropriate, but yes, I'll present two pieces of art to begin and end the podcast that are sufficiently bizarre, <laughs> sufficiently weird, sufficiently weird, sublime, but bizarre. Right. And so generally... The aim of this podcast is to entertain myself because this is something that I actually have been neglecting in most of my art is that I've been entertaining myself in making it but not in actually consuming it. So I'm making this the attempt is to make it interesting enough that I'll actually 
play my podcast on a loop at some future point and thus entertain my future self. So hello there, future self who's listening to this, whether in editing or in a few years' time. Ah, yes. (laughs) You used to be me. I am dead now. You are alive. (laughs) And probably are, like, doing 10,000... We have 10,000 art projects between us now. And you are a super genius and probably find this quite quaint and hilarious. But yes, that's the general idea. So our first topic will be, if it's not for the money, why the fucking hell do we actually make art, right? That's the question. Why do I make art in the first place? And actually, I like to take a formal approach to this, an informal approach to this, and a little bit of the weird, so it has a little bit of everything, a bit of a collage. So I start off and end off with this conversational style and a little bit of art. And then in the middle is a spiel of some sort. At least that's how it is for this episode. All right, back on topic. Since our hope is always to be less than an hour. Always. An episode must always be shorter than an hour. Because no one has an hour to begin with, but an hour is how much time you should be spending on your meditation mat until you can pretty much meditate within 10 minutes and be finished and done with it. That's what happens when you get good. But yes, this is about art and the iridescence of flesh. So let's begin with a poem. This is a classic piece from the olden times, but this is one of my favorite. This is from numinous contexts. A performance, a new rendition, really, of Cupid Sings a Tawuti Dream. Anto, Zapto, Zapto, E. Anto, Zapto, Zapto, Anto, Zapto, Zapto. Anto, Zapto, Zapto, Ecto, Anto, Zapto, Zapto, Ecto, Orbit out, Orbit out, Orbit out, Orbit out, Orbit out. Anto, Zapto, Zapto, Orbit out, Swing to the Sahasrara Spiral. 
Anto, zakto, zepto, orbit out, swing to the Sahasrara spiral, riding past the Celestine Chronicles, chrome wing Cupid sings a Tehuti dream. Ante exa zeta yota, elempe textre umte unte esca ultima ad infinitum. Idiam om rim yaim. Yaim. Antos octos hepto. Antos octos hepto. Starlit hum, black hole drum. Gravitation waves, stream beams. Dying star child. Dreams gleam. Hey. Anto, zakto, zepto, ecto, ante, exa, zeta, yota, tixitayan, ero, ayan, ayan, idiambe, goromte, quizatsi, deon, tion, temte. Anto, zakto, zepto, ecto, ante, esca, zeta, yota, anta, esca, altima, ed infinitum, tium, teum, iam, quedum, tectexteon, error, 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 ion, aeon, idiam, pe, corum, te, quizat, si, deon, tion, temte, fiat, logos. Our net sunk deep on the other shore. Gate, gate, para gate, para sum, for sure. Yidi I galore, the egg man's come home. Anta exa zeta yota, tia tiem pestreye elempe textreum te, tian ogo organ piu piereum, ante esca altima ed infinitum, idiam am am am, om om rim om aim shrim grim, kradikaya hibi bim. Antos octo zepto ecto via bepto makin ex deum. Ante exa zeta yota textexeon error error ion aeon. Idiam pe corumte imam tempestre quizatsi deon tion tempte. Coreanta tevorentai libogen crystalline lean the em da ma meme. Pink blush scream life's a scream. Omoshib baba caroline. Peep the PCP, shatter the unflattering reflection. Keep the deep sleep eyes peace, special Kaying my own K home, neuter quintuple five deep, team yum, squeeze, squeam, plink, blush, moan, life's a scream. Mm. Anto zakto zepto ecto ante exa zeta yota anta esca altima ad absurdum onto eskue ultimatum nice to meet you ad infinitum tium teum iam quelut siram asia yetirabria homim shrim atiluth tectexteon era 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 ion aeon fiat logos tectexteon error error 
ayon ayon idiam pe koromte kuzati de yon tion temte indotenama pembe precious prayon precious prayon precious jungle spitting mainal our net sunk deep on the other shore our net sunk deep on the other shore gate gate para gate 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 para gate 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 para gate 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 para sam para sam gate 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 para gate 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 para gate para sam para sam gate om gate gate para gate para sam gate para am om te gate gate Gati-gati-para-gati-gati-para-gati-para-gati-para-sam-para-sam-gati-om-gati-gati-para-gati-para-sam-ma-ma-mom-ti-gati-ma-para-gati-ma-ma-is-para-sam-for-sure-e-di
repository has largely been done in my phone's notepad or documents app. It's the same level of technology that is used for texting, and even more so, it can generate more value than just monetary value. That's the key point here. Monetary value is just one type of value. Not even that, it is one type of extrinsic value. And furthermore, money can be seen as depreciating in buying power over time, so it becomes less valuable if it's just sitting in your bank account doing nothing but being owned. Money becomes valueless and is in a sense valueless already in the sense of having no real meaning in and of itself. We tend to learn from society what money means, but we never consider our own contributions to the social meaning of money. What does it mean to you? Unless you're particularly bizarre like myself, you've likely come to conflate money with stress and responsibility, making more money with more stress and more responsibility. So much so that you have only one or two days out of every week to actually do the original work, for example, making art you wanted to do with the money you're working for. What is relevant here are the differences between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and the intrinsic and extrinsic value of work. But motivation is the set of reasons why the hell you are doing something in the first place. Need and want are usually not a properly formulated rationale when I have used them. It's a kind of evasion of the question about my actual motivations. Intrinsic motivations are ones that you have defined for yourself and most likely are meaningful to you, but could be valueless or even aversive to others. Simply, not all people doing what appears to be the same work are doing it with the same motivations, nor do we tend to view each other's motivations as equal. We often overvalue our own. Extrinsic motivations are the reasons generally and almost always vaguely agreed upon by society as why you should or ought or must do particular work. Monetary or financial success as just one measure of success is a typical extrinsic motivation. Sheer self-empowerment because being empowered is better than being disempowered the latter being always where we assume we are. Since most of our stories are underdog stories, we have developed the habit of interpreting our career narrative as an underdog story. On top of our actual structural and systemic forms of oppression, we then view ourselves and function as those who are oppressed. We take up the role that was forced upon us by our oppressors, and then use it as a kind of foundation for our narratives. The story we tell about our life and career, if we always consider the present to be the beginning, will always start midstream. Our narratives will be of hustling and struggle, which are the narratives of resisting oppression. The narratives of commerce, which involve having unsatisfiable needs, wants, and desires are another key example with their consumer narrative. 
So when writing the story of your life or career or your identity, don't build around someone else's standards of success because most people whose standards you think you can trust are in fact built upon narratives that were given to them, not ones they formulated themselves. Although writing these narratives is partially collaborative, it's usually our name and soul that is going to be on the cover of the book. Along with motivation, we have intrinsic and extrinsic value. The worth of a thing in itself or its self-worth in the former and the meaning it has for others in the latter. Money in itself has no intrinsic value whatsoever. It is intrinsically valueless. Why? What self-worth does any currency have? Consider the concept of fungibility used in NFTs or non-fungible tokens. A fungible token like a currency is equal in value to all its other tokens. For example, one cent is equal to every other cent. Whereas NFTs are not all equal in value. Consider your home currency as fungible and using chocolate as currency as non-fungible. Some chocolate is of higher quality than other chocolate, which is fine, but the ingredients and moral value of the supply chains involved in each chocolate makes it not makes it non-fungible. I mean non-fungible. Well, it's technically non-fungible because it's chocolate and not fudge. But anyway, money does have extrinsic value, for example. It has utility as currency. If invested, it has value as an asset. And if spent, it has value as a means of acquiring things like food. And therein we get the notion of monetary value or price. Work also has many forms based on different motivations. Similarly, whether or not they're based on a particular set of reasons, the types of value of a task and its results are numerous. Work can have one, intrinsic and extrinsic value, or two, intrinsic but no extrinsic value, or three, extrinsic but no intrinsic value, or be four, valueless, lacking all value, or five, invaluable, having indeterminable value. Since money has no intrinsic value, using monetary value to reward intrinsically valuable work is inherently inequitable. Yet money does have extrinsic value, and so using money as a measure of the extrinsic value of work is valid, but the exact way in which this is done requires a reliance on set standards which may be in themselves ultimately inequitable. For example, the concept of menial labor, or any work named as such, even I've viewed administrative work as intellectual menial labor. Yet, that's the thing I'm here to point out for us, is that all work is primarily invaluable, because such a glut of meaning can be found in any particular work that fairly rewarding that value and which values we even choose to reward is an indeterminable mess. Money is valueless for a similar reason. 
reliably assigning an equitable amount of monetary value to any work is difficult. Money itself, due to the variety of extrinsic value that can be assigned to it, can be seen as extrinsically invaluable. From a cosmic lens, trade may be old and sharing even older, but currency and generally money as it exists today as a universalized standard for evaluating work is novel and fundamentally arbitrary based on the arbitrariness of the fundamental assumptions of those standards. Most of the work we'll do throughout our lives will in fact be unpaid, entirely unpaid. Worse still, we often pay an indeterminable price for the work in our lives that is of the greatest intrinsic value. Again, monetary success is simply one kind of success among an incalculable number of successes. It's the same with monetary value. All work I've done may have no monetary value, or rather may have negative monetary value because it costs most of my resources to complete it. But even a waste of money can be invaluable. In ethics and soteriology, there is a concept called the summum bonum, which is the thing of greatest value within a belief system. In secular and humanistic psychology, atop the great hierarchy of needs, the greatest good is self-transcendence, above self-actualization and far beyond even survival needs. Money is not itself considered of any value, but as a means of exchange. It's food and house that have value, and the value of your food and house is not strictly reducible to its price, nor even the sum of the monetary value of their parts. A simple example, compare eating the money you paid for the food versus eating the food. These are very different experiences, but their monetary value is apparently the same. One may choose to make wealth their summum bonum, but even when I had this view, it was only for my career alone. By wealth, I also never meant money, but primarily assets, which are a wholly different economic concept. The former is a means of exchange, which depreciates in value over time due to inflation. The latter appreciates in value over time because inflation makes it cost more. A house that's worth a million in 10 years is likely to cost more than a million. But if you keep that million in your savings account for the same period, after 10 years, your one million will no longer be able to buy you the same house it could buy you 10 years ago. So you see, even the most naive materialist wouldn't really have money as their summum bonum. It would be the power represented by access to resources that it represents that would be of greatest value. As an avant gardener and theoretician, the greatest value of my work is in its aesthetic, numinous, and liberational values which translates to how sublime, how utterly weird, and how freeing I can make it as a representation of alternative ways of being in the world. 
Much like all the Sunman Bonum, this is of course invaluable work and it is a complete and utter waste of money. So what is of greatest value in your career? Since the general idea of this podcast is to point out alternative ways of being in the world, I've teased what will generally be (laughs) an ending segment to the podcast, which is... um, ending segment to each episode which is just a fragment of the bizarre really (laughs) or a numinous artifact as I've named it before but yeah here's a little taste of weirdness this week's taste of weirdness is Mahama is Parasam for sure. Brought to you by one of my many artist pseudonyms. This one is Mnita. Enjoy. Until 